two organizations, two pretty big stories. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope everyone is having a great start to their Thursday. Apologies for no show yesterday. You could probably hear it a little bit in the voice. Not really cooperating. We're kind of getting over something here. But I wanted to push through and give you a show here on a Thursday. And we've got two big franchises to talk about here on the show. The Baltimore Ravens and the Arizona Cardinals in the news. And not necessarily uh, for good things. So shout out to everybody in the podcast feed listening to this. Shout out to everybody watching on the YouTube feed. Uh, maybe a bit of a shorter show today. We'll see how much the voice holds up. We'll see how much the voice uh, can stay with us here, but we've got our trusty water bottle here uh, to give us some fluids uh, throughout the show. So we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens, and we've already got some questions uh, in the live chat that we will uh, weave in here as we go through this conversation. But the Baltimore Ravens made news yesterday because they had their pre-draft press conference, and this is kind of a standard operating procedure for teams all across uh, the National Football League. They have these pre-draft press conferences. It, it allows, uh, it's another media availability opportunity for members of the press to ask questions, not only about the draft, but the, you know they'll ask questions on contract extensions. They'll ask questions on you know coaching, all that kind of stuff. I would imagine uh, to tie in a topic from earlier in the week when the pre-draft press conferences happen for the Chargers, for the Eagles, for the Bengals. There will be questions asked by members of the media if they have an update on where um, where everything is in regards to contract extensions for the three quarterbacks, right? You have that opportunity in a media setting. You ask those questions. Well, it got a little, I, I don't want to say off the rails yesterday, but it got to a point where the Ravens PR stepped in at the Ravens pre-draft press conference and told the media to stop asking questions about Lamar Jackson and to only ask questions about the draft. Now, again, this is one of the biggest stories in the National Football League. The starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens does not want to be there, has requested a trade, requested a trade a month ago, March 2nd, was put, the non-exclusive franchise tag was placed on him. He has not signed that tag, and he is just sitting out there. Nobody appears interested in signing him. No one appears interested in talking to him. And you have Baltimore that doesn't appear that they're close on a contract extension. So you bet if I'm a member of the media and, and I'm in that that setting in that environment and the draft is coming up and if Lamar is playing someplace else it absolutely affects what they do in the draft you, you bet you bet I would be asking those questions in the press conference and Braid mentions that he just couldn't stop laughing at the look on Harbaugh and Takasa's face when the PR guy stepped in listen the, the, the PR guy is there or the PR person in this case PR guy but you have PR guy PR gal that person's role is to is to step in 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 certain circumstances, right? They'll obviously step in with the, this will be the last question. That's fair game, right? You're, you're wrapping up a press conference. That person steps in and says, the last question is, uh, you know, uh, Tom Smith from the, the Daily News, right? I mean, that, that we're going to give the last question to Tom. or, or That's how it goes, right? The PR person very rarely should ever step in in a situation like this and have to do something like this because Harbaugh and DaCosta, they're pros, they're seasoned veterans. They should be able to answer these questions, even if they just keep coming and they just keep coming and they just keep coming. And all these questions are about Lamar. They should be able to handle them. And they've handled them in the past. I think Harbaugh's handled this perfectly. He has talked about his love for Lamar. And he's talked about his expectation for Lamar to be on the team this season. So it's not like these questions are coming out of left field. He just he just answered them, what, a couple of weeks ago? And imagine, imagine, this was a prepared event. This is a prepared, scheduled, pre-draft press conference. 
at the owners' meetings a couple of weeks ago, while Harbaugh was talking, Lamar dropped the news that he requested a trade. Harbaugh was not prepared from a media person or a PR person about what that was going to look like, yet he handled it perfectly. He handled it with class. He handled it with what you would expect out of a head coach in that spot. So I don't I don't understand why they need to step in. Again, it just goes to show you how weird this situation is, how maybe far apart they are in this situation. I'm now throwing my pen in excitement here with how much we're talking about this. But you have a situation where this is a big story, and it's going to be a topic of conversation until there's a resolution. Do you think by the PR person doing this today, it's going to make the questions stop about Lamar Jackson? You think they're just going to stop asking them? No, it's going to continue to come up until he signs the tag. And it doesn't feel like he's going to sign the tag between now and the draft. And again, we talked about this when we had this conversation. If he doesn't sign the tag before the draft, it opens up a whole host of new teams that could potentially jump into the race, jump into the mix for Lamar post-draft. And so I'll weave in some of the questions from the chat here. As Atheist for the Cause said, chances the Baltimore Ravens draft a quarterback. You know, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, I, we were doing a TDM film study. Uh, with the TDM Premium members, anybody in here remember the TDM Premium Discord? You can uh, you can kind of give me a cheap plug for how great it is to hang out the TDM Premium Discord, get the film studies, have the happy hour, uh, access to us at all times where we answer a bunch of your questions. We have you know live impromptu shows in there sometimes. But we were in there doing a, a film study of Hendon Hooker, and we were talking about the Ravens potentially drafting a quarterback. We were talking about there was a mock draft that recently came out from uh, uh, Lance Zerlin from uh, NFL.com, and he had the Baltimore Ravens trading up with the Indianapolis Colts. And the struggles I have with that are it's they wouldn't do that. They're not going to trade up and draft a quarterback or stay in their current spot and draft a quarterback unless they have a resolution and finale to the, to the Lamar Jackson situation. Right, And so if he's not going to sign the exclusive tag and they haven't agreed to a trade to send him someplace else just yet, I don't know how you can walk in there and waste a pick on a quarterback when there's a chance he could come back. I know he's requested a trade and it doesn't feel likely, but guess what? It takes two to tango. And so you need another team that's willing to give the contract and the two firsts up in the current parameters, but they could rescind the tag and, and work out a trade, but it can't be for more. I don't believe it can be for more than what the tag is. So it's just a really, really awkward situation. Sportsnut says the Ravens trade up for Richardson. They know they'll recoup those picks via trading Lamar. Yes, but not this year. And so if you do that, if you if you trade up and get Richardson, and then later on down the road you trade Lamar, you know you're, you're basically forfeiting 2023 in a lot of ways. Because I don't, I mean, I think we we all here love the the ceiling of Anthony Richardson. We love the tools. Had a great pro day. Is really rising late in this process. But again, you would be kicking the can down the road and saying 2023 is not our year. We're going to be looking at 2024 and beyond, right? That's that's what you would be doing, and and that's okay. But uh, you know, you've got a, a roster in a lot of other places that's ready to go, and so can you afford to do that? It's a it's not a great spot that 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 Harbaugh and DeCosta find themselves in. And they have to navigate this almost perfectly to be able to set themselves up for success. Again, I've been on record in the past saying that I thought, I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I said before last season that I thought Lamar Jackson was going to sign a contract extension and this wasn't going to get to this point. So I, we are past the point I thought we would be. And, and I, I, at every turn, have gotten this gotten this wrong. I, I thought Lamar would have already signed a contract extension. I was never expecting uh, the trade. Uh, Sean says, is there any chance the Ravens trade Lamar and just blow it up? I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's certainly a possibility that they could trade Lamar and decide to to do that. But I, I will say, like, they've they signed Marcus Williams to a big deal. 
I mean, they, they, they've spent money in, in recent years on players. Um, they, they just made a big contract offer to, to OBJ, reportedly. Do you think they made that contract offer with the idea that they are not trying to compete in 2023? Right, I mean, this just just look at what they've done. Like, look at look at what we know from them this offseason. Doesn't sound like a group that's um, interested in uh, in blowing things up. Uh, Braden says opposing teams will only trade 2024, 20, 25 picks for sure if they do this right. Yeah, I mean, th- that's gonna be that's gonna be the interesting thing. I mean, anybody could be uh, could be in there and be interested after the twenty twenty three draft. Hello to the Locked On Dolphins YouTube channel that is in here. Saying hey, big head. Appreciate you making a part, making us a part of the show. Roquan Smith's another great example. Braden, uh, another great example of a player who they brought in and gave a big time contract to. Again, does that track with what you were saying, Sean? I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying you're asking if there's a chance. Look at the moves to the contrary, right? And now Roquan happened before all of this with Lamar, but they did pay Roquan. They they paid Marcus Williams in, in free agency. Uh, they made an offer to Odell Beckham Jr. Like th- these are all things that they're doing. Does that track with the idea of? Um, does that track with the idea of a team that's going to blow things up? Sportsnet says trade for Richardson, trade Lamar to recoup the future picks they gave away. Side Cam Newton a bridge. I don't know if Cam Newton can can be a bridge quarterback at this point. I don't know how much he could possibly give you. I don't I don't hate the idea of trading up for Richardson, but I don't necessarily think that. Cam Newton should be that bridge. You could sign Teddy Bridgewater to be a bridge. He's kind of done that in the past. And I think he could give you more than than Cam can. And those sports nuts, the Locked On Dolphins, Dolphins YouTube channel. That's who that is. Don't have to, don't have to say, you don't have to, you know, reveal anyone's identity here on the show. Please. Please. But that's where the Baltimore Ravens find themselves right now. They are they are in a a, a precarious situation and and you saw it play out with the the PR team stepping in and saying Stop asking questions about Lamar. Basically saying, we don't got answers for you here, people. We don't know what's going to happen. Stop asking. And uh, it was a very – for for a team that is so well run, for from a team that is, you know, for, with, with when Ozzie Newsom was in charge, a well-run front office, a well-run organization – they are they are they are going through it right now. They are dealing with a very very uh, interesting timeline, and uh, they are they are fighting through it. I, I, hashtag Bridgewater to Bridge. Yeah, let's make it a thing here on the show. Hashtag Bridgewater to Bridge for the Baltimore Ravens if they choose to move on uh, from Lamar Jackson. We will then move on to the other team that is making news and is the topic of today's show, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. And no, we are not talking about how they are going to have new jerseys for next season. That is not what we are talking about. We are discussing the allegations made by former member of the front office, uh, Terry McDonough, against the against the team uh, that claims, just one of the claims, about there being a burner phone that was offered to Terry McDonough to communicate with, at the time, suspended Steve Kime, general manager, after his DUI back uh, a couple of years ago. So Steve Kime uh, gets a DUI. The team suspends him for a period of time. And what is being alleged by Terry McDonough is Michael Bidwell, the owner of the team, uh, offered to give him a burner phone in order to communicate with Michael Bidwell. And obviously, these are massive allegations. Now, these are not just the only allegations, but this 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 uh, arbitration demand that was filed by Terry McDonough uh, alleges uh, that Michael Bidwell uh, demoted him after, and I have a story from The Athletic up here uh, that has some of the details, after McDonough objected to a scheme that would circumvent the suspension of then-General Manager Steve Kahn. So 
McDonald was provided a burner phone to communicate with Kime while the general manager was banned from contact with the team during a five-week DUI suspension in 2018. That is according uh, to The Athletic, who says that they have a copy of the arbitration event. So these are the allegations that have been made by Executive Terry McDonough against the Arizona Cardinals. And I will tell you, somebody in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember being here at the time. I was doing local sports radio at the time. But this was back in 2018. This was, you know, five years ago. So my memory is a little hazy here. But I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that this suspension, this five-week suspension that was handed down, was handed down by Michael Bidwell. That he was the one that made the determination to suspend him for five weeks. I don't believe it was a a league-handed-out suspension. I believe the the punishment was doled out by Michael Bidwell. So he picked five weeks, and then, at least according to Terry McDonough, said, hey, we get, he gave me a burner phone to communicate with Steve to have that conversation. So, you know, that's that's just one of the claims. Um there are other claims apparently in there. Uh and again, this is a this is a market. This is a city that is going through it in a lot of ways. They just had their uh basketball team, basically a forced sale of their basketball team because of misconduct at the highest levels from their ownership, from Robert Sarver, the Phoenix Suns. They have their hockey team that just sued the city of Phoenix this week about a new arena deal. That organization has been through multiple ownership changes. And now you have another example here of poor ownership. And I believe there are you know, allegations that there are stuff that goes beyond just this burner phone that Michael Bidwell uh, oversaw. And I believe there was a quote out there that stuff similar uh, to what Robert Sarver was accused of in terms of just dysfunction, mismanagement, misconduct at the highest levels. And so you have, and again, this happened in 2018, this burner phone thing. It's now part of a arbitration demand that Terry McDonough has filed uh, saying that Bidwell demoted him in 2019 after he objected to this scheme. And so, again, this is a city that's got a lot going on right now. They've got a basketball team that just got sold. Uh, that that process is done. They've moved on, and a lot of fans feel better uh, for it because of the misconduct uh, that was alleged and proven in some ways. I mean, Robert Sarver was suspended for a year, um, suspended for a year because of his misconduct. Um, uh, Brain says reading uh, Steve Wilkes has a lawsuit against the Cardinals for stuff around this time too. That vaguely sounds familiar. I don't remember the specifics, but that vaguely sounds familiar as well. And so again, you, you, they just had this stuff go on with the Suns. Their hockey team, the Arizona Coyotes, is suing the city of Phoenix over their arena deal that they're trying to organize with the city of Tempe. And now you've got this. Uh, Sportsnet said, didn't Arizona fall a fail and look bad on that other report a while back, how the players were having to buy their own food and, and wasn't provided at the cafeteria? It's a great point, Sportsnet. The NFLPA report card had Arizona towards the bottom, if not the bottom, um, of the teams in that regard and did say things like they had to buy their own food. Uh, it was not provided in the cafeteria, right? During the offseason, meals were not provided. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so this is just – we add this to the list of things that have gone wrong for a team that is in a state of transitions, in a state of flux, right? New GM, new coach. Uh, but the problem, and we talk about this all the time in sports, things don't change specifically. You know, we talk about this in football too. Um, this is a – you know, things don't change if ownership is bad, right? And – the NFLPA report card, that's indicative of ownership. The allegations in this story at The Athletic in this arbitration filing, uh, indictment on ownership, reflects bad on ownership. Uh, is Wilkes in the Flores lawsuit? He might be. I don't remember the specifics, um, but he might be. He might be a part of that. 
But I mean, that's that's where this is at for the Arizona Cardinals. They 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 just constantly show that they're a poorly run team, that they're a poorly run organization. And the the problem with this is you have to compare it to the team we were just talking about. Baltimore's normally well run, and they've got this stuff. But I mean, that is just like PR stuff. That's not like misconduct that you see being rumbled around with Arizona. I mean, the, the quote that I seen was gross misconduct per reports. And gross misconduct. Cheating, discrimination, and harassment. Now, Bidwell has said that the claims are baseless, and this will, this will get played out. Sportsnet says, and a small, high-priced, hurt quarterback that would rather play COD. Well, you know, there's the on-the-field stuff as well, that they don't have a very good roster. So you have stuff going on in the front office, allegedly. You've got... Not a great product on the field, but don't worry. They got new jerseys coming at the end of the month that they're going to reveal ahead of the the NFL draft. And so the only thing I can see, but the only thing I can, you know, I can't, I can't forecast where this is going to go, right? The allegations have been filed in an arbitration hearing. Um, maybe we'll learn more. Maybe more stuff will leak. But as it sits right now, we have the allegations from Terry McDonough that he was punished. Um, and... That's that's where it's at. I mean, but it's not a good look. It's not a good look for a team that, again, like Sportsnut said, hasn't looked good in players' eyes as it is with the NFLPA report card, but now you're alleging cheating, you're alleging harassment, you're alleging misconduct, and if you not only just have the, the stuff on the field, but you have stuff that's going on you know, in the front office from a misconduct perspective. Sportsnut brings up another great point. You had the the leak of the study clause in the contract for 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 Kyler. This has not been a good year plus for the Cardinals in terms of the way that they look to the general population. And so this process is going to play out. We will probably learn more about what these allegations are. We'll more than likely uh, hear a response from Michael Bibble. He says they're they're baseless. Um, <laughs> the claims have no merit. That kind of stuff. But this process is going to have to play out. But for a team that is, to me, at an inflection point in a lot of ways, and in a city, right? This is this is where my expertise in this regard. I will stand up here and say this city has has had scandal after scandal after scandal over the last couple of years. And they've got a franchise that is mismanaged to the point where they have new owners every couple of years and they can't get an arena deal in, in hockey. That they've got a lot going on. Their football team was inve- their 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 collegiate football team, the Arizona State Sun Devils, recently investigated by the NCAA. I mean, you've got stuff everywhere. Everywhere in this city, in this state, going on over the last couple of years. You just add this to the list. Their roster is a mess title, yes. We haven't even gotten. We barely touched on the on the field product. That is a disaster. So Monty Allison Ford's got his work cut out for him, um, because he's going to get asked these questions at press conferences. These things are going to come up. Now he'll be able to deflect and he'll be able to say, "I'm not allowed to comment," um, you know, and he'll he'll do what he's got to do. But this isn't going to just go away. This isn't just going to hide, um, you know, in a closet forever. I mean, this stuff is this stuff is already starting to leak. It's already starting to come out. And the arbitration process is, is going to play out. But again, just add this to the list of things that have not looked good uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, that's it. That's all I got for you here on these two franchises. Not a great look for either team as they enter a draft month. We are just a couple of weeks away, uh, 20 days or so away from the NFL draft. And again, I don't think these stories for either team, the Lamar story for Baltimore, uh, the 
um, front office stuff, the misconduct uh, from the Cardinal side of things, this stuff's not going away anytime soon. So we're going to learn more uh, as the spring progresses and as we turn the calendar into summer. So appreciate everybody listening uh, to the show in the podcast feed. Please rate, review, subscribe, uh, follow along. If you have the opportunity, come hang out with us on the YouTube feed because you, what you know, I say this all the time now, but after the show gets done here, after I press the button that says stop recording on the podcast version, we hang out on the YouTube feed, the video version, where we hang out, we talk a little bit more about this stuff, we answer off-the-wall questions, we're talking about probably the Masters today in the post show, so we got a lot of stuff that we do uh, in the post show that is a lot of fun. So if you have the opportunity to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time each and every day on the Draft Network YouTube channel, we go and hang out over there, uh, and we have a great time putting together this show. So appreciate everybody making this show a part of your day. I will talk to you all tomorrow.